Welcome everyone back to the Anime Secrets Declassified Podcast, JoJo's Edition. I'm your host, Miguel. I'm joined today by the Kappa Regime, Anthony Davis. What's up? Consellier, Connor Healy. Buongiorno. <laughs> and the boss himself, Rizwan. Howdy, howdy. And today we are discussing episode four of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Golden Wind, in which our friend Giorno messes with bananas, among other things. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay. let's just go in order. With okay. okay, okay, hang on, hang on. Before we get to that, I love that even though I was spoiled a week ago before the episode came out on what was going to happen, I was still surprised on how it happened. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. I wasn't expecting it to happen in that way. Yeah, Giorno is one cold mamma jamma, to say the least. Giorno is like my new favorite hero. He does have that Joe Star family spirit, but yeah, guys, what did you guys think of the episode overall? He has deals like freaking sadistic way of doing things. Yeah. Uh, well, first off, so we start this episode and we go right into the stand fight with uh, Black Sabbath, who they named Shadow Sabbath, who I, th- it which was I not, think it was not a bad, name. not a bad name. Honestly. Shadow I, Sabbath is a cool I like it. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. I know everyone in here was holding out for Dark Weekend. Heck yeah. Hashtag Dark Weekend did nothing wrong. But, um... Yeah, no, that was a very good stand fight. It's it kind of brought me back to uh, the things I liked in three when you had kind of a drawn out, weird kind of cat and mousey stand fight. Yep. Because as we see in this one, uh, Black Sabbath can only travel through shadows, but can travel through shadows blindingly fast. Yep. Oh yeah. Probably, I would say, probably travels as fast as Cream does. In part three, except Cream goes through like subspace, or was it also shadows? Oh well, no, it was. I don't remember subspace. Subspace. Yeah. So like, already you have an extremely dangerous stand because speed kills, as we all know. And the fact that it can go between the shadows and it can jump because he, I I was like blown away when like, oh dude, it went into the friggin' bird's shadow and then it jumped. Like, that was great. Amazing. I, I really love how the stand fights are, are gearing up. If yeah. this is what we can expect more of, I'm strapped into this for the long haul. You Man. better believe it. When I was watching that, when he went into the birds and then he popped up by Giorno, I was like going, Black Sabbath just said, boy, you thought. Right? Like, oh my goodness. I was like, man, this seems too easy. <sighs> too easy. They spot the birds. I'm like, there's no way this thing can travel as fast as those birds. Nope, it could go faster. Mm-hmm. It was ridiculous, and then it was relentless. I also like the fact that um, I just saw in the beginning, like, with uh, like, with Giorno trying to, like, stop the air from piercing his, his skin, the fact that it keeps, keeps, like, hurting him is also, like, a plus. It's like, okay, so but like, it's not like what happened with uh, Part Four's uh, name, Yoshikage Kira, where he got pierced with the arrow. 
Yeah, I was getting, no, he doesn't get like, oh my god, I have powers now because because the air pierced me. No, it's active, not not you know attacking him. So it's a little bit different than just being stabbed by the arrow is not enough. It's like I feel like it, at times it has to choose you in a way. If that makes sense, right? I think in this one it's more or less like. With Kira, he was like purposefully stabbed through like the veins with the arrow. Mm-hmm. Whereas this one, Giorno is like actively trying to block it. Like Black Sabbath never once tried to stab Giorno through his hands. It was always kind of going through his hands. Yeah. Like Giorno was trying to grab it and hold it from piercing like kind of his head or his neck. Uh, but we know we figured out what the purpose of that stand was and how. The test was yeah. just kind of a fraudulent test, really. It wasn't yeah. the real test, we should say. It was for the purpose of making stand users. Like, he didn't care if the lighter, if you put it out and then put it back on. He's like, are you strong enough to get a stand so you can join my gang? Which is awesome. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, that fight was really, really good. And then we finally heard the glorious beatdown music. Three episodes later, it finally started playing. And <laughs> right, <laughs> yep. I think when the, I watched the episode with a bunch of friends on Friday night, and we all were just like, "Yes, yes." <laughs> Not only did we get that glorious song. But we finally got our first Muda 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 Muda. Dude, okay, so when I heard Muda Muda Muda, my first reaction was, of course the son of Dio would have that. Right. Mm -hmm. Of course the son of Dio. What was your second reaction? Just how amazing the fight was. It was a good fight. Yeah, I, I really enjoy it. Like Connor said, it had a really good bad part three feel to it. But it also had like parts of part four it reminded me of. Yep. Especially um, with Koichi. <laughs> oh yes, Koichi, yes. my favorite boy. So it had the part three stuff you're talking about with the long drawn out battle. But the part I enjoyed more was in my opinion, I think Koichi was the more tactical of the Zozos thus far. That's why I like Koichi so much. Uh, Koichi mm-hmm. is one of my favorite characters, and I never, ever, ever will squander a co- an opportunity to gush about him. Gush away, my friend. Gush away, man. Koichi, I just, I love how Koichi is still kind of, like, first off, I love his crazy height differences. Because apparently <laughs> that's a thing. Like, there are some <laughs> scenes where he goes from, like, I know he, the boy is short. I know he's, like, like five foot something, but sometimes he literally turns into like Tyrion Lannister. <laughs> really? He's not that short. He's uh, not that short, and he's not that evil. <laughs> uh, no. I like Koichi. I think this is actually like the last time we're going to see him in this episode or in this in part five season? overall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we're going to see him again, but not until the very end. Maybe, but... Maybe. I, think just, I don't know how I the think, ending... I don't, I've don't. i not read a manga, but I don't know. I think the way this ended up 
like him say basically he was just sent there to investigate this potential threat yeah he, he told him you know not really a threat not really a reason for him to stay anymore except you know doing some sightseeing sightseeing and vacationing I, and whatnot but yeah no i think uh <laughs> this was probably koichi's finally final episode but that wasn't bad like he didn't job out like i thought he was going to he, he had killed. a really good ending. He didn't get yeah. killed, thank God. <laughs> yeah. Like now, okay. How did Koichi go into manga? Did he die? He said. No. 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 He's still alive. Thing. We just. Okay. Like I don't think he ever says anything about like going sightseeing and going home. So the running joke is like, did Koichi ever get picked up from Italy? Right. Is he stuck in Italy forever? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ah. Uh, but it was a good one. And then. Well, I mean, I figure he probably would have gotten deported. Eventually. <laughs> Eventually. I mean, he speaks the lin- native tongue decent enough. Thanks to Rohan. Uh, yeah. Rohan gives me all kinds of, like, <laughs> post-traumatic stress problems. Oh. I, have a, I have a really complicated relationship with Rohan in my head. <laughs> me too. But- uh, his his ability to like make a person into a book kind of scarred me <laughs> on a weird level. And seeing the zipper thing earlier in this, in this season having a similar effect, but not not as bad. So I'm good. I didn't for really, it. I didn't really get that vibe when I first saw it. I was like, oh, that's that's pretty interesting. I don't know. I I, I have a problem with the way that. I had a problem with how he could just take a person and make him into a book. And that to me was creepy on a fundamental level that just kind of did not sit well with me. The zippers are not too bad. Like I can deal with the zipper thing. I think I'm used to Jojo style stuff now and that's why it's not so bad, but I don't know. No, for sure. And then for me, one of my more favorite parts finally happened towards the end, where we finally saw the rest of the crew, the rest of the boys. I'm ready. I. Oh the my game. goodness. Huh? Yep. Bruno came back, and he's assigned to them, and now we're about to meet his crew. The game. Oh man. I I'm excited. Like I. Body ready, ready as body. Body is can't ready. wait for Narancia. I can't wait for Mista. Oh yeah, Mista's one of my favorite characters. You know, that tease is like finally there. It's like, oh, alright, we get to meet the rest of the crew and now we can really start going full kind of Stardust Crusaders because that's yep. what a lot of my friends have told me. It's like, this one is more whereas Mariah was like kind of on each individual story this one is more about the crew overall, and that was one of my favorite aspects of Stardust Crusaders. The group cohesion. Mm-hmm. And so having something like that again, I'm like, I cannot wait to see these. Cannot wait to see these guys. Cannot wait to see their interactions. Cannot wait to see their bants. Oh my goodness. Cannot wait, and you know, Hopefully their stand abilities are as interesting as Bruno's, because whoo. Oh yeah. Um 
I mean, I know a little bit from <clears throat> the manga and things that I've seen before, but I too am excited because there's actually people that I don't remember what their stand was. Yeah, there. For me, I'm excited to see how they actually integrate these things into the stories. Because having only having played the games, I'm I have a vague sense of what they do, but I kind of want to see them in in animated fashion, I guess you should say, instead of just like spamming square attack to like shoot a bullet. I kind of want to see how he was smart with it, you know, similar to how whole horse when he was working with uh, the other part of the Ongo Bongo brothers. Oh yeah. Directing the bullet in this one. It looks like he, the bullets are kind of the stand themselves. Pretty much. And not just that, but like from the preview, seeing the airplane stand, that looks interesting. Like, I can't wait to see these boys in action is the thing. And finally glad we get to see them. Finally glad we don't have to deal with uh, Poplo's gigantic self. Right. Man, oh man, that character was getting disturbing. Like, no. And man, oh man, was he ugly. Yeah. And man, oh man, no one should be able to eat a pizza like that. That's just wrong. I mean, I can do. I want more pizza. Right. I like lost my appetite after I saw him do that. I'm like, you know what? I'm not hungry anymore. But pizza. Pizza is delicious. Pizza is always good. Yeah. So. Wow. I lost wow. my train of thought for a second there. I was <laughs> expecting like something else to come in your mouth, but it didn't. You expected yeah. some, you expected some other dialogue, but it was all Don't worry. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so that could have taken a turn for the worse. It could have. <laughs> anyway, Riz, moving on. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about Zionaro's like tactic for the banana. Yeah. So okay. Full disclosure to the audience, I accidentally spoiled myself, maybe intentionally. I don't quite know what I did yet, but it kind of happened last week. And what I read online was he makes the banana into a gun, Mm -hmm. and then he commits suicide by accident. So in my mind, I thought Homeboy would try to eat the banana while he's still there. But no, this happens a day later. I'm like, holy crap. Okay. Was not expecting that. Well, and honestly, when I first heard the click, I thought he was like, oh, he did it to a grenade. Yeah. That's the, okay, so the entire room I was with, they all thought it would be a grenade. And I'm sitting here like, no, it's going to be a gun. But no one listened to me. Really? Yeah. Everyone was convinced it'd be a a, gun, a a grenade, but no. Yeah, no. I knew it was a And I, I was expecting it to happen with him there. I thought he'd have more satisfaction seeing it happen. But nah. he was perfectly content just walking away. Yep. Because he knew, he knew it was going to happen eventually. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. That happened. Well, also, it gives him... The way it happened also gives him a way to plausibly deny having any involvement. Exactly. Really it ha- because the way it happened a day later makes it seem like, oh, he just committed suicide. You know, yeah, reason. he had a gun. He just kind of committed suicide. He started being fat and stuck in a cell. Which brings me to a really interesting question. Now that he's gone, how, how did he turn into a bed? We will never know. Probably like, probably just a weird one-off ability of the stand. Well, okay, so like... Hey, Miguel, we're talking about how... Why did Polpoff have the ability to turn into a bed when his stand was what it was? Uh, it's, I don't think he had the ability to turn into a bed. I think he just camouflaged that well because of how big he was. Like, I'm almost willing to bet there wasn't even an s- actual mattress on there. It was just, like, s- the base of the bed. Like, I don't know what that's called. It's, like, the thing above or below the mattress. The, the box spring? Yeah, the box spring. Like, I'm pretty sure it was just a box spring. And Poplo looked like a mattress. That's how massive the dude was. But, like, whenever he got up, there was no more bed left at all. Yeah. Yeah, that's how big he was. What, like, so he sat on the bed and the bed just... Just flat. Vanished? Flattened away? Yeah, the bed was flatter than what people think the Earth is sometimes. Oof, that hurt. (laughs) So, uh, honestly, like, I I think that was just more done for comedic effect than actual, like, is his stand ability to turn into a bed? Well, so whenever I saw that, my gut reaction was... Homeboy is a safe sifter. I never once considered watching last week's episode <laughs> that he, it was actually due to him having another ability. Like, I, I thought he was a safe sifter. I never thought he'd have, like, the candle power or whatever. Nah, like, I, I don't even think that it... I think the way it works was his automated stand was worked to the lighter itself. Like, as soon as it would go out, it would appear like that was the trigger for the stand to appear. That's yep. how it activates. Yeah. And because it's an automatic stand, he's not really going to feel kind of anything from it. You know, that's why whenever they're beating it down or kind of crushing it with Act 3, Popolo didn't feel anything. Interesting. Uh, so. Well, and maybe he's just good at hiding or something because. He'd pulled that trick with the lighter, remember? Mm-hmm. He, like, made the lighter appear. So maybe he's just, like, good at sleight of hand. I mean, there, I mean, there is and, a like, reason. like, good at hiding. There is a reason why Bruno reported to him. Yep. Yeah. You know, he probably knows a thing or two. Indeed. So, so the way so, the fight ended. Or yeah. I guess that while I was away. No, no, I had, I had a completely different tangent, which will hold off until later on. Gotcha. Uh, I'm still a little bit lost on Giorno's stand abilities overall. Like, I understand that, you know, these are probably ones that are still developing, and he's learning as we go on as well. But it's like, man, 
was he able to like have his stand reach that deep underneath the dirt to touch the root for the tree? Because he's like, I um, wanted you to do that so I can touch the root. I'm like, man, all I see is dirt, homeboy. I don't see any root right now. Though yeah. so I could chalk that up to the animation because if there was one thing about this episode, there were some shots that just looked a little bit poorly drawn. Specifically the ones where they don't have any features on their faces. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of those. Yeah. Well, like... As far as how could he reach the roots, as far as how could he reach the roots, I don't think that's too difficult because remember in the first, remember the first time Jotaro fought Kakuin, he was able to make Star Platinum like super small and go into that lady's mouth. So maybe like some stands can just like change size. Oh, is that just able to snake? They're just able to snake. I thought he just like kind of like reached in and pulled out. Hierophant Green. It's been a while since I've Oh, seen yeah, I think that was three. it. Because well, I know for Hierophant and Silver Chariot, they made them go super small to get the lovers from yep. Joseph. So maybe maybe they did just shapeshift. I'm, I think I'm just going to chalk this up to it just like managed. It has a longer reach than we give it credit for. Because there is no way Jorno could have reached that banana like within arm's length. So maybe just gold experience has a little bit bigger reach. Well, I would, I would, I would, I would say that because he had his eyes closed, like, like um, Popo didn't see Journal stand, so I'm guessing his stand was ours, which mm-hmm. they maybe can do that. I don't know. But, I don't know how, um, how range, range, range goes when it comes to like somebody mm-hmm. being right near someone with like with like you know cage in front of them. But I did love how Giorno was like, Koichi, can I get you to move to the side real quick? <laughs> that was like, pretty great. Like at the end where it was just toying with Black Sabbath. I'm like, man, this Giorno. Ooh. Unlike uh, yeah. Josuke and Jotaro, who just like, just straight to the point and punched down. He's got a little bit of sadism in him, that's for sure. Oh, but yeah, no. Um, Any other thoughts you guys had on today's episode or this last So here's a tangent that I was going to bring up earlier, but I held off on it. All right. Tangent away. Okay. So part one episodes focused on Dio and Jonathan doing their little thing, right? Right. Then part two dealt with Joseph cleaning up the mess left behind by Dio and all the mask and all that stuff. Makes sense logically. Right? Like, kinda. There really wasn't a mess to be cleaned up. I mean, it was more like a problem to deal with at the end of the day, though. You know, like, there's there's stuff going on, artifacts of what happened in part one. Right. Now, now, part three, we had Dio come back to life, and we had to have. Events from part one and part two fuel part three. Correct. To make what happened in part three, I think. Then the direct actions of three influenced four with the arrows and the making people in the stands and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. But aside from the fact that we figured out Ziarno is Dio's son, 
which I'll get to the family tree later on at some point in my life because I don't want to process that right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot to go through. I'm just going to see right now. It, it, it makes sense, but it's so weird. Anyway, um, I find a lack of real connection of why did part five, what is the point of point of part five? I think it's going to come later, but so far I'm not seeing a huge connection between the past and the present. Like I did for the other ones. I kind of have a prediction. Okay. So you know how they said that uh, Yoshikage, that the Nijimura brothers got the arrow from Anyaba. She had more than one. Yeah. I'm going to assume that somebody managed to get a hold of the others. And that's their connection to mm. the cards. Because there's no way Popolo just his stand generates a stand arrow. That's like, true. Because like once Popolo was dead, you saw the stand arrow in his cell. Like he gave the stand arrow to his stand to kind of store it and to create it. Yeah. So I'm gonna assume that that's how they're connected. It's someone well, got the yeah. arrows from Inyaba. Yeah. Well, and plus the whole like you can give your stands commands. I don't see why you could just because we know you can be like, look at this photo, go find this person. Mm-hmm. There's also like, take this thing and stab people with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm going to assume the connection is, is the arrows themselves. And we, much like in part four, we may not have seen the last of it. Well, and I might we come back may later. or may not see other previous character from the past parts, but I'll get it to myself. <laughs> Don't be a tease, Anthony. I think we're going to see uh, Toto again at some point. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Uh-oh. But that was a random tangent. Uh, beyond that, I have nothing else to really say. Oh, but I do. I totally riz on on the whole fact that, like, you know, why is part four made? I mean, like, part. Let's say part four. I may say part five. Part five is five. Being, yeah. But then again, like, part six is heavily, way more involved with uh, stuff going. On. Uh, the Joe Stars than here. Trust right. me. Yeah. To me, it's like you can tell parts one, two, and three were kind of designed to be a trilogy. Like they worked off of each other. And parts four and five, right now, kind of, I'm not going to say spin off, but they kind of just don't derive as heavily from the, its previous parts. So they're more free to be their own thing. Right. Which is good because you don't want to keep tying it down to like a single entity as much as I love Dio. It's like nice to kind of break away from his influence. Uh, so, kind of like when Power the- Rangers stopped up using uh, reoccurring characters from past uh, season beyond the next season. Yeah. Exactly. So, it's like nice to kind of like. Not restrain yourself to like the past characters. It's nice to still reference them and see them, but it's nice to move on and kind of have, you know, how it's nice to like not have the same thing be about fighting an evil vampire. 
Because that's so, what parts one, two, and three essentially boil down to. Main hero, fighting vampire. So here's where I agree and disagree with you. I agree that it's great to see the characters in passing, but I think Koichi had more to offer as a character, in a way. So Koichi yeah. spent a lot of part four just kind of developing himself and becoming who he was and all that, right? But now Koichi's a, a trained veteran stand user, quote-unquote. So it'd be, it, it would have been nice to see Koichi kind of go a different route with Giovanna to like maybe mentor him or stick around and help out or do something more than that. Mm. I think for what his role was, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, because I, like I said in the last movie, had he stayed on, I would have gotten killed. Yeah, he about got bodied by Black Sabbath. Yeah, no, I like Koichi's cool and all, but like these guys in Italy are on another level. Yeah. Also, even especially if he fought the boss himself, boy, yeah, he got destroyed. And even as a fighter, Koichi's taking more L's than W's. Mm -hmm. Even if he's gotten better, like his stand is still not really meant to be the fighting kind. It's more of the delay kind. Yeah. Yeah. So, and if he about got bodied by Black Sabbath, which if JoJo has taught me anything, there's always a bigger fish. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine what the other stands are like. And I can't wait to see what the other stands are like. It's and kind of funny that, like, there's actually a reference to what you say about, about bigger fish. There's an actual reference to that in, uh, Later, one of the later, later uh, episodes. Well, Ooh. yeah, I can't tell you what it is yet, though, because you have to figure it out. Hey, I can't wait to get there. Yeah. So, uh, any hopes for next week's episode, or I guess when this goes up, uh, Friday's episode? <laughs> I want um, to try and I want to see some solid mob jobs, man. I want to see some crimes. Yeah. <laughs> It looks like they're chasing after his treasure, so let's see yes, some breaking and entering of Pablo's house, that. baby. Hey, it'd be great. What were you gonna say, Anthony? Oh no, just uh, it, like um, I would say, this would be like like one of the best treasure hunts ever. Because <laughs> <laughs> like right. what they what they find is actually really what it's like something you never expect. Is it the friendship they made along the way? Uh no, it's actually something like like more. It's more use. It's like an actual like actual thing. Oh, so it's an actual thing and not just a lesson. No, no. Oh, nice. All it becomes right. very. It becomes very useful. All right, uh, we're just gonna go down the line and uh, give our final thoughts, Anthony. Uh, overall, I love this episode. Like way more. I yeah, I I love the the this part. I do love that particular episode because we get to see Jorro be clever. We see Koichi used to have, have his last moment to shine. We see the, the really, really nice heart lesson about how Jorro has a way of handling things. 
Mm-hmm. Overall, I, I love I love this show. And I love fighting gold. And I, I love uh waking up to the <laughs> Connor. Well, it delivered once again. It gave me everything that I wanted it to give me. Um you know, we got a solid stand fight with a really one of my favorite stands with one of the best designs. Um we got a really good intense fight. We've got new gangsters, new gang stars rather, coming up around the corner, so let's keep this JoJo train rolling. I'm excited. Riz? <laughs> so I am most excited next week to see the new members of the gang and kind of get to know who they are. Because I have heard that there's a lot of amazing gems to be found here. But I don't know much more beyond that. So I'm excited to see where that goes. And I'm also excited to see like just more Zozo. But I gotta say, this week's episode was really good. Uh, like I said earlier, it brought up a lot of good like surprise elements for me where the banana and all that, that was well done. Top tier episode, 10 out of 10, we'll do again. Yeah, for sure. Like after the building up that episode three did, I'm glad the fight in this episode freaking delivered. It was fun to watch. It's like, oh man, it's 3D chess all over again. Who's going to make the first mistake? Who's going to let their guard <laughs> down? Is that what's going to cost them down? And like I've been saying all podcasts, I cannot wait to see the rest of the boys. They've been teased all summer. Bring them on because I've done. Uh, slight spoiler. If you've ever gone to a JoJo's uh, pose panel in any con, you guys know what I'm talking about. Oh, I yeah. can't wait to yeah. see that part animated. Yeah. It's <laughs> coming up soon. Yeah. All right. Guys. Yeah. They're... Oh, go ahead. No, that was it. Oh. Well, then. Anyway, guys, I think that's going to wrap up this week's episode. We'll catch you guys all next week for episode five when Jorno meets the rest of the gang. So for Anime Secrets to Classified, we're signing off. Say goodbye to the beautiful people, everyone.